Coming up on this week's podcast, we discuss whether we should be teaching kids to be more polite through smart devices. Martin shares his thoughts on the Olympic Games, including esports. And Alan asks, are there any good video game movies? You're listening to the Three Pixels Tech, Gaming and Movie Podcast, brought to you by Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory and me, Ben Ridley. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast. It is lovely to be back, as lovely as it is for me to be hosting it again. I am feeling much better, thank you for asking. And this is episode number seven. We are blasting through, getting amazing results, and we're just really excited with all the stuff that's going on right now. Hope you guys are enjoying it too. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to make sure you never miss an episode. But let's dive into this episode, and I'll start off by introducing a lovely co-host here, Martin. Hello. And equally lovely co-host, Alan. Hello. And without further ado, let's just dive straight into the first bit of news. I know you guys want to hear it. Let's go to the tech corner. So the first topic we're going to talk about in this episode is all to do with hotel door locks. Now, many of you that travel and visit different hotels will have inevitably been cursed by the key card entry system in most hotels. It's a global thing way of entering hotel rooms is a global way of giving people keys it's efficient it's easy it mostly doesn't work let's be honest uh, we've all been there trying to enter a card many times into a door and it not letting you in we've all been there sometimes might have been in the wrong room but you know regarding that uh, unfortunately this way of entry might have to change with the moving times we're learning that Hackers have been developing a way to enter hotel doors without actually needing the key or even needing to get their hands on a master key. They're creating their own master key and doing it without having left a trace in any hotel activity log system. However, don't panic. F-Secure team have said it's worked with the lock makers over the past year to create a fix. So the Swedish manufacturer is playing down the risk to those hotels that have yet to install the update. Uh, Vision Software is a 20-year-old product which has been compromised after 12 years and the thousands of hours of intensive work by two employees at F-Secure, said a spokesperson for the company recently. These old locks represent only a small fraction and those ones are being rapidly replaced with new technology. She added that hotels have begun deploying the fix almost two months ago. But this, I think, does bring out a bigger question. As the door entry system become more modernized, become heavily technology integrated with key cards. Is this a problem? Is this a security problem for people? Is this going to make any one of us in this room think twice about the security that we have in the hotel rooms that we may visit in the near future? Uh, Martin, is it worth throwing over to you for this? Um, yeah, thank you for throwing over first, because yes and no. I'm probably one of the worst people when it comes to security. Before I leave my house, I have to check it like 10 times to be like, okay, it's locked. The chances of it happening to me where someone's going to come in into my room uh, and take something is very slim. As also, what are they going to take? My dirty laundry. Like, I really take hardly anything to these sort of places. If it's something valuable, I'll have it on me. Like, probably the most valuable thing I'd probably have on me anyway would be my Mac. And I, I would take that anywhere. You know, I wouldn't trust that in a hotel room in the first place. Or I'd put it in like a safe that uh, hotels do provide. It's really great you said that, Martin. I just want to interject slightly That's because right. this whole thing became a problem when the F-Secure researchers said that they'd 
found that someone's laptop had been stolen from a hotel room and the thief was able to get into the room and they shouldn't have, they didn't have authorised access and they did it without leaving a single trace. They had no idea who physically put the card on the door. They had no trace in the system. So um, they wanted to then find out whether it was possible to bypass the electronic lock without leaving a trace. Only after we thoroughly understood how it was designed were we able to see the shortcomings and come up with a method for creating master keys. And then of course, find out how they can fix that and, and solve it for people in the future. So yeah, you touched on the safe things. That obviously is a very important way of keeping your stuff safe. Even if it just covers you for insurance reasons, if you've got insurance on your kit and think, oh, it doesn't matter, I can leave it in the room. Insurance companies are very famous for wanting to find their way out of paying for things. If you've not put something in the safe and there is a safe in the room, they will immediately say, well, you should have put it in the safe. So we're not going to pay up. Alan, what are your thoughts? I don't know if I misheard or missed something. Of course. Didn't you say that it's well, one is only affecting a small number of systems and two, they're already putting in places to fix it? So the lock systems that are in place are being used by some of the world's biggest hotel chains. So we're talking about Incontinental, Hyatt, Radisson, the Sheraton, it hasn't been like, disclosed every single property that has been compromised. So it is a version of Vision, is the software by a Ving card system. So, you know, those are some pretty big names, especially in America. They are really, really uh, popular hotel chains, have thousands of hotels. And uh, yes, yeah, so there are some of these in the UK as well. It's a big chain, actually, one, as it says, you know, one of the world's biggest. So it's not a small problem by any means. But what big chain doesn't have like cameras down every single corridor? You say that, but I haven't really seen them, unless they like try to be really discreet about it. You say big, big change. Well, you don't really expect people to start taking your stuff, really. Well, why do we have locks in the first place? Uh, this is true. You know, <laughs> this is uh, yeah, I can't argue that that statement there. Why do we have locks? Well, that is the reason. You'd feel like the the average common man or the person next to you won't go into your room and, and take your stuff. And if these are big chains, you, as you said, Ben, then it is quite alarming, really. And I think it would put people off, especially like my dad. He is really like into security. I tell you, he's banned from watching stuff like uh, Watchdog. And, and stuff like that and I'm not even joking he got really like oh I need to check outside and I'm not I'm not joking he is now banned from the house for watching this sort of stuff and I, I can understand like people like him definitely would be like I'm, I'm going to try and avoid these sort of key cards like that like I said chances of it happening to you are quite slim but there are safes there you put your jewellery and also didn't you say there was only one case of this actually happening so one case they knew about that sparked this and then they did the investigation and said that, you know, this actually could be a bigger thing, but they just don't know about it. It depends on the hotel chains actually reporting it, because if they report it, then they have to admit that they've got security problems. So it's kind of a complex issue. And I know that security cameras do help in, in kind of resolving a lot of these. What you've got to think of, security cameras are useful when you've got an idea of when something might have been taken, because you can look at that kind of time. But busy hotels, especially with large hotel floors, you're not going to have cameras throughout the whole floor. You'll know that they've come out of the lift and gone into a corridor, but you don't know who did it because you wouldn't know exactly when it would have happened. You could have been out the whole day. It could have happened anytime in six, seven hours. You're at a busy conference and like that. You might be away from your hotel room for. So I think, I think the best thing here is to, to, to say that don't ever be complacent in technology, especially when it comes to things like electronic doors and things like this that other companies have put in. You know, you can't always trust that 
their systems are up to date. Anything you can do to take security into your own hands is always the best option. There's only so much you can do. You can't always avoid not going to a hotel ever. There's always going to be a problem in some part of the chain, uh, whatever you do. But if you can take the initiative to either take personal items that are important, passports or things like this with you in your person in a secure place, uh, or don't bring anything you don't need to bring or use the safe, or sometimes some hotels do have like a safe lock security thing at reception or in the office where they can lock things up for you, keep packages safe, things like that. It's always better be safe than sorry. They did say it was undetectable at times, you know, so you, you don't know how many times this actually happened. It could be hundreds of times, it could be one or two times. Maybe it would be interesting to come back to this and see if they have fixed it. Next up, we're talking about the Amazon Alexa. Sorry if I just activated any newer devices. Alexa. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, we're talking about the device that everyone has or is seemingly starting to have in their homes and use day to day. And kids love it. I know many or have heard of many kids that like to interact with their devices and get involved with it and play music and mess around with it and all that kind of stuff. It's a great attraction. So Amazon have taken it upon themselves to see how they can make kids a little bit more polite and, you know, the world's a better place if people are polite. So they want to get the Amazon device to reward kids who say please. The new function addresses some parents' concerns that the use of the technology was teaching their offspring to sound officious or even rude. In addition, parents can now set time limits on when requests are responded to and can block some services. The move was welcomed by one of Alexa's critics. In January, the research company Childwise published a report warning that youngsters that grew up accustomed to barking orders at Alexa, Google Assistant, or other virtual personalities might have aggressive in later dealings with humans. So this is seen as a very positive development. They're noting that none of the children that they talked to said that they had ever used the word please, thank you when talking to the devices. Younger children will enjoy having the added interactivity, but older children may be less likely to use it as they'll be more aware it's a robot at the other end. Uh, the new facilities have been announced only in the US where they will become available on the 9th of May via a software update. Not sure about the rest of the world yet. So technology politeness, is this important, especially coming with our kids? Do you think that if we're not careful devices like this that we interact with almost like a human could train us, younger kids especially, to talk in a way that wouldn't be acceptable in society? What rewards are they getting? So for example, if a child asks, what would the weather be today, please? Alexa says, thanks for asking so nicely. Likewise, when Alexa has completed the task, if the child says thank you, it will prompt one of several follow-ups, including no worries or you're welcome. <laughs> I'm not gonna set an alarm until you say please. Uh, toy maker Mattel had previously considered going further with its aborted smart speaker, Aristotle. They had found that saying, you will not get this if you do not say please is not a useful thing for kids, obviously, and doesn't work, they'll just find a way around it or just not interact with it in the first place. So they're thinking that positive encouragement by getting a nice response going, oh, thank you. Like people would in, in, in real life, you know, interact. If someone was polite, they would normally would have some sort of response because of that. So what happens when you're rude to Alexa at the minute? I remember once someone said something rude to Siri and she was like, I was only trying to help. Some of them do have different witty responses. It really depends on the device and this and that. But uh, yeah, they do. They do sometimes have some some quite interesting responses to some of the things you may say. But they don't really go, oh, I'm so glad you asked nicely or something like that. That doesn't really happen. 
it, it just doesn't seem real to me anymore. I was brought up by my mum and dad to say please and thank you, you know, be polite at all times. And isn't that like the parents' job to teach their kids to be polite in the first place? And I know it's like a bit of a reminder in your life. It just seems quite weird about it. It just gives me an unnerving feeling about it. That's all. I bet there are going to be plenty of parents are going to leave the raising of the children to Alexa. In, in a well, no, dystopian you, you joke future. This, but like, um, I'm not joking. I, well, I, it sounded like a joke. People do just throw iPads at their children and stuff, and you just think <laughs> that's abuse. There's a launch one at their head. I know that some parents probably would love to do that when they're just being absolute horror monsters but it has come to this point where they're becoming so integrated with technology which has its positives and and its negatives but it just seems like now we're just becoming really self-reliant on it almost it's like it's making those small steps towards it just becoming now self-reliant on technology to teach our kids and to grow them up at times maybe i'm seeing too much of the big picture but it just seems really strange to me to talk to an inanimate object and say please and thank you I just find that quite strange. It's a positive reinforcement, right? Every single time you say please or thank you, she will give you that positive response. I'm sure there are plenty of human being parents that if a kid did say please or thank you, their parent might be in a bad mood or something. It might have a negative effect or something. I don't know. I, I don't see this being a problem as an additive thing to help. I think you guys are kind of going a little bit off the point. You, yeah, you, you're, you're, on like the right, you're on the right, you're making valid points. But I think in this case, I think the best thing to say is that this technology, these devices are in people's homes today. There's no escaping from it. They are growing, they're getting popular. And I wouldn't say that it's a way of educating kids or be even being marketed as a way of educating kids on how to be polite instead of their parents. What I feel is that this assistant is becoming another person in the home that the kid interacts with every day on top of their parents. So it's another opportunity to help encourage kids to be polite. It's not a instead of, it's not a reliant and teaching kids what to do right. It's that you'd expect that parents would encourage kids to be polite and do the right thing. And whatever smart device should also continue that encouragement so they're not getting mixed feelings or mixed responses. They're being polite to their parents. Hopefully the parents should give the same response back. They're being polite to the voice assistant. They're getting that same response. I think it's seen as a way of integrating that person into the daily lives of the family and not just using it as a, this is a dummy or this is a tool to learn you the right and wrong. Why is it only for kids? There are plenty of adults. That was so aggressive. Why is it only for kids? Why? There are plenty of rude adults that could use this. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. I thought, I'm sure that some parents are just rude a lot of the time. Well, adults in general, even people who don't have kids. If this just boils down to Alexa is just being more friendly, that's fine. Yeah. But friendly to everyone, surely. Well, I mean, it's not going to be to tell whether it's just a kid or not. I think they will be friendly to everyone, but it's, it's a move targeted towards kids. Yeah. Oh, Alan. <laughs> what? What were you going to say? Well, exactly the same, actually. I thought there are definitely adults out there, and um, I still feel a bit strange about this. I, and, I, and definitely, I, I recognise what Ben just said, that it is becoming like its own uh, being, like its own person, its yeah, own member, like, of, a member family. of a family. Enough people have them, and enough people will have them in the future. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kids growing up with it, they will not distinguish it like from, I don't know, you know family members, pets, whatever. It will be a part of their lives. Yeah. If you see a kid treating an animal poorly, that's a bad sign. And yeah, I, definitely. I bet the exact same thing applies to if a kid is treating an AI poorly. So encourage them to treat it well. That's fine. 
is this going to encourage kids to be better human beings or is this uh, a move in a direction that you don't like? Hello at the3pixels.com is a place to email at 3pixelspod or Facebook. Search us up on there as well. You'll find us there. Get a life. I'm a gamer. I've got plenty of lives. Let's dive straight over to the Gaming Corner with Martin. Take it away. Thank you very much, Ben. Harris 2024 Olympics esports in talks to be included as a demonstration sport. Ben is not convinced that we talked about this before. And I'm I pretty, don't remember this. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we talked about this about two weeks ago or two podcasts ago, I should say, realistically. Competitive video games will be a medal event at the 2022 Asian Games already, as well as in October, the IOC said it's open to exploring the possibility of including esports in future games before stating a November summit it could be considered a sporting activity but must not infringe on Olympic values in order to be recognized as a sport. What I mean by that, I don't want any violent video games inside the Olympics, which is for obvious reasons. They don't want to spread any like hate or any war across any uh, platform, as well as they would like Paris to be one day become an esports hub for Europe, which is a quite a big possibility because when you're the first of something, especially a massive country like France who have a big influence across the world, they could quite simply become a, a juggernaut in esports. I don't want to dwell on this for too much, but in my honest opinion, I feel this is a good way to get younger generations who are invested in video games to start liking the Olympics more and they could start branching out into other sports like your traditional sports and hockey, badminton, etc., uh, etc. Et Got anything to say, gents? Do they say what games they're going to play at the Asian one? No. You said they're not going to have any games with conflict in, but how, how are they going to have a competitive game without, what, Mario Kart? Uh, this is what See the Mario Brothers. It could be, yeah, Mario it could be Mario Kart. Well, that is fighting. No, um, Smash Brothers. Smash Bros. But yeah, that's, that's not that. That's not that. Or it could be Dr- Gran Turismo 4. Oh. I think games like Street Fighter, they're not violent, like graphically violent. Like they're not like there's no blood, there's no like I think I think cartoon like fighting or things like that is fine. Yeah, I guess like Call of Duty's out, your battlefield. Yeah, I think that's where it means that's all gone. Yeah. Which is which is they're not really esports. I mean StarCraft. Yeah, Starcraft two. Call of Duty has an esports scene. Really? Uh, It does, yeah. A very big you can earn a lot of money doing Call of Duty esports. There's a big team, so you're running for many years. Think of FaZe and that lot? They were massive. Do you watch the Olympics? Uh, yes, I do. On a... Okay. Do you watch esports? Very rarely. I've, the last year or so, I've not dabbled at all. Okay, so you've been picked by Great Britain to represent well, us. Well, we're not winning anything <laughs> this year then. In esports, what game are you? What game would you play? What game would I play? Super Meat Boy would be one. But then again, like that's a got time challenge. Yeah, I guess it would just be stuff like that. that, that that's... So you're, you're best, the game you're best at is Super Meat Boy. Oh, no, I'm not that's saying... That's very impressive. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm the best at it. No, no, no I'm saying the, the game that you are best oh, at I see, is I Super Meat Boy. I think what would be a good game for me to... Um, what would be the best game that I'm good at? Well, there's not many good games that I'm good at, I'll tell you. Football Manager. <laughs> it probably would be Football Manager. That's, there you go. There's one. Football Manager. All right, Martin. I challenge anyone to a game of Football Manager. I, I honestly challenge them. Manager to the Olympics. You need to represent us. Well, it's the, only, the time only one uh, England will ever get a medal in football. <laughs> football manager. Honestly, I'll, that, that is an actual challenge to anyone. I'll play them at football manager. All right, Ben, same question to you. If, if you, you have to represent England or Great Britain at one game at esports, what would you choose? Just a quick note before I do say my answer. By the way, football manager is coming to the switch, so... 
Yes, the, it's the football manager touch. I yeah, saw. Yeah, it's coming to the Switch. So oh, there's the console they'll be playing on. <laughs> <laughs> Switch as well. Yeah, Can't wait. you can play on the train. You can get prepared. You can rocky it up. Um, you can do I, laps while playing just the Switch. To put it out there, I have nearly 1,500 hours of football manager experience wow. from you probably 2014. Tell people that. I'm a sad Dan, You know this is going out. Yeah, people I'm are going to hear this. Person. People are listening right now and judging you. That's fine. I feel like this is time well spent. Yeah. <laughs> Martin's the number one football manager player. He's not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. No, I'm pretty excited. He's got a gold medal in football manager. I wish. <laughs> Crown me, please. So I think I would have to go for a game I know inside out and have the most hours on, which is Burnout Paradise. I'm sorry, I have to go for it. Might seem like an obvious to some people who know me. I adore that game. I know the map. I know all the shortcuts. I yeah. I I, I I get so much fun out of that. So me having to train for esports well because normally when you train for sport, you spend a lot of hours playing. I would love every moment of that. So it's got to be a game I can tolerate. So definitely not anything shooter because I would get frustrated within the first hour and then that'll be it. I would quit my career immediately. So Burnout Paradise, yes, hundred percent. One v one, me bro. And yourself, Alan. Sorry, I, 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 was I, I was actually as Ben was talking. I was just thinking I don't actually have an answer prepared. <laughs> Great. No. He asked us. Should we uh, pick a yeah, game well. for you? Huh? Should we pick a game for you? The Witcher. No, it's not competitive. I don't play a lot of competitive multiplayer games. To be no. honest, I'm very much into single player games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if we're gonna have an esport for oh. the Olympics, it's gonna be something like. League of Legends or that's one of these really scene. major yeah you've got to have something that's already big I mean League of Legends is already filling stadiums with matches it's got to have something with a big following otherwise they it probably won't see it's dead. worthwhile yeah. exactly so you know all joking aside it's probably going to be something like League of Legends could be League of Legends could be Dota yeah I mean games like that yeah or have already got these massive shows attached to them football is an Olympic event and as that in the is actual a, sport, football. Yeah, well, yes, as in football. Not football manager, we're talking football itself. It has an Olympic event. It has also massive competitions around the world, like European competitions, South, North American competitions, as well as the World Cup itself. And that was a way to get football fans to start watching the Olympics. So I can definitely see uh, stuff like League of Legends that does have a big following, as Ben says, to come over. It's just another big novelty. You even have the Commonwealth Games and stuff like that, you know, that come from all this. So definitely it could become bigger than itself. And to think you could represent your country on a national global scale where people have never seen an, an esports game and have no idea are now watching you. That is massive. That is as close to what I would call a football World Cup that something like League of Legends could come to. It's a big novelty thing. So let us know at home. What game would be your esports game if you had to represent your country in the Olympics? And remember, I'll challenge anyone at Football Manager. If you want to challenge Martin, then just get in touch. Uh, you email him. It's martin at the3pixels.com. Drop him an email. Send him your stats or whatever it is. I don't know what people do. Like, on Football Manager. Oh, yeah, and then, mate, that's nothing all your hours. <laughs> yeah. Please do so because we'll get a lot of entertainment here and we might just read out your... Uh, your message as well on the podcast. I'm probably going to get trashed by some... Please. I mean, we encourage it, don't we, Alan? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, number one, Martin Gregory can't hold the throne forever. Exactly. <laughs> number Heavy one. lies of the crown. <laughs> so we're going to get trashed like 8-0. Like, oh. <laughs> so that's all I've got for this time round. I'll hand it back over to you, Ben. Thank you very much, Martin. And with that, we'll head over to the Movie Corner with Alan. 
So as you know, I have an actual day job. Uh, and really? yeah, yeah. And I've been pretty busy every weekend, every evening. So I've not really seen any movies since oh, A Quiet Place. Oh, I'm hearing an excuse. Yeah, that's what excuse. we're getting. Okay. Sound the klaxon. <laughs> I want to stay away from this conversation now. <laughs> I did what you guys did, and I spent 20 seconds looking for a news article. Hang on, I spent 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, I have been looking for weeks to find the perfect, perfect topic. Right. A new Doom movie might be coming out. No, Martin just rolled his eyes, and that's the perfect reaction because recently you know rampage came out which is a video game adaption and we all saw that we did yeah and if you haven't heard the podcast if you haven't heard the first impressions go check that out but Dwayne the rock johnson who was also in doom pretty much wrote it off recently before rampage came out saying yeah that was an awful adaptation go see rampage and i was just gonna talk to you guys about what is your worst, mainly for Martin, I guess, but Ben, you'll have some opinions as well. What is your worst and best video game movie? So first of all, Martin, oh, the God. best one. Let's start, let's start positively. Well, What's I can't your even favorite? think of one. I, I honestly you can't, can't even think, think of one. Any video. By the way, I'm excluding any of Uwe Boll's movies because, <laughs> okay. yeah, they're not even worth talking about. You know, Uwe Boll, he's the guy that did Blood Rain. Yes. Uh, Dead Rock, just like bad games and he's made bad movies of them give me a sec i'm gonna have to look i go i now have to look online i think what okay did you enjoy because one of my favorite ones is silent hill okay yeah yeah i mean that was, that was i, I enjoyed i mean i know it's not great but i i thought it was a pretty good movie that movie had sean bean in it for one i also really enjoyed the mortal kombat movie the first one yeah that was oh no fun. no yes. I, just, I just realized what you just said no that was terrible oh it was great can we can we all spend a moment just shedding a tear for the assassin's creed movie that could have been so good but was terribly awful so i don't think that was ever going to be good really oh the, okay. it had potential no it didn't Little okay bit. well it did because it had two great actors and a great exactly. director behind it but the best thing about assassin's creed is the gameplay yeah I suppose you're right, yeah. The story is nonsense. That's the problem with, with quite a lot of these games that are turned into films. Like, they want to do the same with the Uncharted. The Uncharted story, if you really break it down, it's fairly basic. It's one of this classic, you know, guy goes after treasure, you know, girl he's with gets in trouble, there's Knock a bad guy. James. Exactly. Like, they want to make an Uncharted film. I'm like, why? The gameplay that Naughty Dog did was the best thing about that game you know it had a you know it had a you know a great story alongside it i'm not dissing the story in any way shape or form uncharted naughty dog know how to make a great story but the gameplay is what pushed that forward and really amplified the the story so yeah i, I think that's the biggest problem here when you take away the gameplay then you're left with the true nature of the story sitting there in front of you glaring at you and you're like ah i think assassin's creed is probably the worst I think it's actually the worst blockbuster I've ever seen. I'm going to bring this back to your first question. You said, what is the best film? Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, let's film. start with best. My honest answer is, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. And there's a reason why. It's because they're usually, 99% of the time, they're just terrible adaptations. What I mean is, in, in games, you control the character. You make the decisions. Look at Fallout. You escape the landscape with your decisions, your choice making. It was all down to you. You could change the landscape of an entire game. It made you feel important. Films are already predetermined. 
there's a start, middle, end. It doesn't always end up that way. Sometimes it's the end, middle, beginning, you know, when they want to go, oh, this is how he did it. But what I mean is you as a viewer can't change anything. And that's why we like video games. We like to make choices that matter. We like to envision ourselves as as us playing this game, our own choices. Look at Naughty Dog. Didn't enjoy the Uncharted games, but I would never want to see it as an adaptation of a film because people really resonated with the main characters. He, they understood his struggles. And sometimes that just doesn't come off on the big screen at all. Especially when they try and make them live action because then they have to find an actual proper actor that does, you know, real acting that is known, a name. They try and find a name that's known and then that person isn't the person that did the voice acting. So the, the characters are different because they're different personalities behind them. So then, especially with Uncharted, something is charismatic and entertaining and well written in, in terms of you know the, the character's um, development as that it's like how can you take that and then put that with different actors in a different scenario in a live action i've talked about this before and i might have said this about four or five times but i'm going to say it until people's ears bleed and go martin i don't know what you're saying about this is look at the nba 2k series right now in 2015 they made like a story mode where they got motion capture on all these uh, actors and they made a story out of it was that Games the one with spike lee that's the one yes yeah that was awful see you say that but i got really <laughs> invested because i okay. felt i was going on this journey as as frequency jones i thought you know i'm a terrible basketball player just as a uh, disclosure there i will not be challenging anyone at a basketball game however i felt like a bit of a, a ride i felt a connection to my my character your friends around you i'm talking about nba 2k15 this is the one i had experience with and I really enjoyed it. Games are becoming like films in some ways. Look at The Last of Us. That was very, very filmish. I, I, it came across to me as Resident Evil. That's a movie that they took the game and changed it a lot. And that was still yes, fun. Yes, they did. Yeah, it wasn't a bad film. So you're both saying there's no good movies that have been adapted from video I'm games. I'm sure there is. But off the top of my head, like I said they're earlier. Not, they're not memorable. They're not. And that's just it. Like the Mortal Kombat one that you brought up. Good God, that was that was a piece of trash. That was amazing. It was a steaming hot place of you know what. I, it was I think terrible. you're misremembering. Oh, I remember. It's like that Super Mario film. I was literally going to say, can we have it on Revenge for the Super Mario Brothers film? How that bad? They, they sunk $48 million into that film. And Walt Disney distributed it. Yes, they did. And, oh my God, that was a piece of crap. Did they, oh, I don't know. Did they even Hopper. have jobs after that, those two actors? Who, Bob Hoskins? Yeah, did he? Yes. <laughs> did he? Yeah, did he ever course. recover? Of course. And Dennis Hopper did as well. But it wasn't. Was it really? Yeah. No. Dennis Hopper was the bad guy. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Someone had heard of a video game called Super Mario Brothers and then wrote a script about rumors they'd heard. Yeah. yeah that's, so not, that's not trying to be a faithful adaptation. That's like. But they oh, still got hey, the name on it. The it's kids still, are know, talking about this. They still talk the characters. Two plumbers. That's that's the annoyance though. A lot of them, they take the characters, they take the brand name, and then they do what they want to do with that. They use the name for marketing reasons. They know, oh, people are going to go see it because it's their favorite game character, or you know, it's the, it's a franchise that they know. And a lot of games that get turned into films don't stay truthful enough to the games. They're not able to translate the magic of the game into the actual film. Wreck-It Ralph is a film about video games, and that was a fantastic film. I think there was pixels. That's a way not to do it, especially with monster movies like your, your King Kongs, your Godzillas, and even Rampage to a degree. Some of them were originally films turned into games 
and it became films. Some of them had games afterwards, or like the Rampage, where it was a game, then it became a film. The biggest problem I have with them, I would probably have said Rampage would have been up there with the best adaptation of a film if it showed more monster fights. And it's they always tack on some awful love story or like, oh, this character needs love in its life. And that's the thing that, I, that annoys me. It, it seems like a very cliche, add it to a monster movie, let's show the monster for like 10 minutes, and that's it. The thing I liked about Rampage was that there wasn't a love story in it. Oh, there was, okay, the love story be- is between George that, and Dwayne that's Rob it. Johnson. That's what I was going to say, but that's, that's fair fine. enough. That was one thing it did come away from. It did come away from that love story. What about War Games? Uh, the 80s Matthew Broderick movie. I was going to say, yeah. That was awesome. That was a great movie. I think we should end it on there. Thank you very much, Alan. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Alan. It is that time of the show where we find out who can find the awkwardest, weirdest, most interesting or funny topic in our competitive mode we like to call Versus. In the last episode, it was Alan versus Martin. They battled it out. I judged them and found that Martin was the victor. So he will be carrying forward against myself, which can mean only one thing. Alan is going to have to be the judge this time. And I won't stall anymore. Without further ado, Alan, you can take it from here. Awesome. Thank you very much. So, Martin, because you won last time with your awesome royal plate story, yes. you it get to good. choose. Would you like to go first or would you like to go second? I went second last time. So let's not break habit. I've only won once. So I'll let Ben go first, please. Oh, absolutely. Ben, give me your weird news story. I thought you might say that. Okay, so I'm sat here with a photo in front of me of a woman in a field. Can, can we all see it? No. No, okay. you definitely can't. We will afterwards, but let Imagine. me right. make this. Stop, stop interrupting me. All right, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry, go on. She's peaceful. She's looking out over the landscape. It looks wonderful, okay? She's holding a hoe, but if you swap that out, this lady, going by the name of Antello, swap it out for a golf club, she could easily pass as the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And she has been causing a lot of a stir because she apparently looks... Well, she does look very similar to the famous president. On social media, one local even dubbed her the Donald Trump of Costa da Morte. Next to the image, which was favorited more than 8,000 times and retweeted 4,700 times, she gave an interview to our local newspaper last week about her life, and that's how the image started circulating. It is enough to make you wonder that when he wants some downtime, instead of going to the Mar Alego Resort. He should head northeastern Spain instead. Go down the farm, replace the job of the farm worker, and the farm worker gets to sit and make better decisions, probably than he does, in the president's oval office. The photo has traveled across the, the world, people commenting from all kinds of nations. It's really causing a stir. Yeah, she can't understand it. She's not very techie at all. She has no idea really about how the internet works, and her daughters and family members are showing her this amazing response. A quote here, I think, is really great. Uh, I've never even been curious to have one uh, when it comes to a mobile phone, but I do look at my daughters and they show me. They say the picture will make me famous, but I don't get why. I mean, I, mean, I need to see this photo. Come, come over come here. Around, yeah, 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 come oh, around. Can you, can you keep rolling. No, no, you need to come over here. This is for... Hello. Oh, get off your ass. Get off your ass. Come, come over, get over Join there. me. Join me in this corner that I sit. I hope it hasn't hurt my chance uh, well, of saying Martin that. needs to see it as well. Oh, the hair is light, the, the tan, it, it's, it's... 
Hold on, let me just block out everything. But okay, yeah, 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 I see it. So if you do look at this at home, just crop out everything but the face, and then you'll you'll see it. Yeah. Although, poor oh, woman, bless her. But but you see, thank you. Please, sir. <laughs> so a woman that looks like Donald Trump. Okay, well that's quite that's quite an interesting one actually because um, I too have got a mistaken identity one as well. Oh, we got a theme. But I feel like mine might top bend. Here's why. A woman mortified after mistaking her friend's wombat photo for a birth of a newborn baby. There you go. Sorry, I need to see that. Everyone's doing show photos. Show and tell. It's show and tell. Yeah, show and tell today. Spin your laptop around. Let me have a look. On an audio podcast, uh, we're doing show and tell. Can we, just, can we just clarify that? Oh, yeah. This is great audio. Let me uh, go through my article. and I'll, I'll show both of you. The photos. A woman apparently thought her pregnant friend had given birth after spotting some newborn baby photos on Facebook. How it went off is, oh my God, congratulations, he's beautiful. I miss you so much. And the woman replied with question marks. I didn't look properly. I thought you had your baby. I'm sorry, oh my God. She uses oh my God a lot here. And then she tries to recover. So when are you due? Just try and recover like, oh, I can see this child. Uh, what do you actually do? But bit, bit of a shame, and I'll show you. It doesn't even look like a newborn baby. As I spin this round to you, it doesn't even look like a newborn baby. It clearly is a wombat. <laughs> 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 Who holds a baby like that? Like, okay. I think it'd be a lot worse if it was uh, the other way around. If she yeah, did oh have a baby, God, and yeah. like, that's a cute wombat. That's a nice wombat you got. That sounds like a euphemism, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a very strange that we both picked a mistaken identity. So was she actually pregnant? Uh, yes, she was pregnant at okay. the time. So there you go, that is my story. So a wombat that doesn't look like a baby and elderly Spanish lady that does look like an American president. There you go. Hmm, I think... <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to Martin, I'm afraid. I Yeah, the photo is ridiculous. <laughs> the way that it's holding the wombat and like... A claw, like no one's gonna hold a baby like that. Although sorry, I bring you then. a national story, I think you see something that's, that's trending on Twitter, and he has a photo. One person from the mirror. One person. From the mirror. One person comments on. Well, well done, Martin. Thank so, you very much, Ben. You'll be judging next week. Yay! Well done, Martin. Thank you very Good much. Job. Thank you. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast on this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. If you have. Please tell a friend about it. Tell one person today that you meet in the street or even a friend of yours. Let them up a podcast. One person you let know could let their friend know and we could spread the love throughout the Pixel Podcast community. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to get in touch with us about all the things we love to talk to you about the topics that we share on this. Get your opinions, get you involved. So please get involved in the usual ways. That's at 3pixelspod or hello at the3pixels.com or you can find us on Facebook as well. With that, thank you to Marty for joining us for this week. Thank you very much. Thank you to Alan. Well, thank you for having me. Congratulations to Martin yet again and we will see you guys on the next episode whenever that may be. Probably on a Monday. Just a tip. Subscribe. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast, a production by Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound and exec produced by Abrupt Audio. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. Hey, Martin. Yes. Have you heard about this hot new podcast? 
three <laughs> pixels. Tell a friend. I will. Ben, you heard about this new uh, podcast? No, tell me about it. Oh, it's not very good. It's okay. Do you see that it's getting worse as it goes down? Alan wasn't that enthused about it, then Martin's less enthused about it. <laughs> yeah. It's not, we're not really giving a great example here, guys. Well, I told my mum about it not long ago. Did she, did she oh, tell no, other she, people? She was like, you know, like the typical, mm, that's a cool. Oh, my mom has no idea what this is. Does she know what a podcast is? No, she's not impressed whatsoever. Oh, are you doing your pod thing? Yeah. My dad says, the first time I ever did this for you guys, he asked me like, oh, do you enjoy it? Well, yeah, I wouldn't do it if I didn't. Oh, okay, then. How much money do you get from it, Martin? I was like, I don't really know. When are we getting paid, Ben? We get love from the listeners. That's all we need. You're, you're an intern here, by the way, Martin. I'm an intern now. Yeah, you know, full, full-time staff, yeah. I'm, I'm going up in the world here. An intern. Whoa, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Congratulations.